Are you ready? Can't wait. The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Are very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Wow, guys, an earth-shattering intro to the second edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined by my compadre, one of my best friends in the world, and a gigantic Jet fan, the biggest Jet fan in the entire state of Texas, Michael Lagaris. Tell him what's up, Mike. It's the home of the Jets! Guys, last week's episode, the very first episode of the AEBG podcast, basically, it was like when they released Titanic or yeah. when they released Avatar. Avatar. Box office records were Just broken. Dark night. We destroyed Twitter. The whole entire earth shook. We changed the, the, the landscape. But no big deal, guys. Getting into episode two. Okay. Last week, we touched on a touchy subject for Jet fans. Yes. Our quarterback history. Not a great history. You know, it's it's not happy. It's not a good place to go. What we wanted to do is rip the Band-Aid off right away. Because like you said, Mike, it's not easy being green. Not easy being a Jets fan at all. Talked about it last week. Right. The ineptitude of our quarterbacks. Hopefully we have found the chosen one, Mike. Oh. Hopefully we have him in our grasps now. We hope. Well, with that said, Mike, that's last week's episode. This week's episode we want to get into is... The history of the drafts with the New York Jets. Another topic, Mike, that can be touchy, a little sensitive for Jet fans, yes. a little tough for us to talk about. Yeah. We have not necessarily drafted the best over the years. Many bad draft picks. We have a top 10 list, some of the best, some of the worst. Before we get into some of those, which will be a lot of fun to talk about, I'm sure many opinions from many people, let's get into the most recent draft. Now, last, last week, Mike, we talked about Sam Darnold, some of his attributes, um, to a degree, we just touched on them. Right. This week, you want to break them down a little further, talk about why he's worth that third pick. So with the third pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Jets selected Sam Darnold, quarterback out of USC, considered by many as the number one quarterback prospect in this draft. For most of the year, Mike, before the draft came that week of the draft, he was the number one consensus quarterback. He was. That you thought was going to be taken in the draft. Right. Ended up being Baker. But it seems like for once, maybe some good fortune happened to the Jets, or maybe the guy fell to us, as right. opposed to the opposite, which has always happened to us, right. you know? And it was tremendous, Mac going up from 6-3. to three. Yeah, I mean, giving up a, considering our history with second-round draft picks, right. give all of them up. And I always say this, that the quarterback is the only position that I don't mind how many guys you draft, mm-hmm. I don't mind how many guys you trade for, I don't mind how many times you mess it up and don't get it right, because you just have to get it right once. Once. And you finally have a guy you can have for 10 years. So it's a position. Take chances. Draft as many guys as you want. Petty, Hackenberg, all these jabronis they drafted. Geno Smith. Um, none of them worked out. I get it. None of them were that great at quarterbacks. Stand right up. We don't even know what Sam We yet. don't know yet. But, but, you had to do this. Had to. Had to. Had to. And the thing is, is that like we talked about before, Sam Darnold was their number one pick. They didn't think they were going to have a chance to get them. But the fact that Mack had the fortitude, really it was Hyman Deringer who actually made the trade with the Colts. Moving from six to three, we gave up two uh, second-round picks this year and then one second-round pick next year. Like Keith discussed, what have we gotten from the second-round picks? Absolutely nothing except for May in the last decade. If we, if Darnold is what we think, that trade could be 
the biggest transaction in the history of our franchise. Oh, absolutely. So if, if for instance, he be, say you even set expectations lower than just complete madness. Say say you don't say, oh, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Say he's a Eli Manning. Mm-hmm. Okay? Which I'm not saying that insultingly. Eli Manning had a right, great career yeah, and yeah, won yeah, two yeah. Super Bowls. What I mean is someone who not necessarily is thought of as the best quarterback in the league, but consistently wins or to a degree, consistently has his team in winning positions, plays well, and just plays on that team and right. can give us that 15-year, 10-year, whatever, right. whatever. Consistency. Whatever. We just... We haven't had the dude. We drafted Chad, right? right. He, Chad was um, went to the playoffs. They played the Colts. Uh, everyone, Jet fans know, first play of the game, screen pass. Anderson, 70 yards, touchdown. I right. danced in the right. aisles, right. did a backflip. Right. 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 We all love Chad. However, besides Chad and Joe Namath, there's no Jet quarterbacks with a winning record. None. That's set. And right. Mike, can you do me a favor? Can you? And all, we haven't mentioned also, Mike has a team of interns that he pays basically nothing back in Texas compiled stats you guys could not imagine and the stat he had last week which was mind-boggling to me it was a stat about all the quarterbacks the last four years that were drafted and their their yardage um uh, what was it mike it was against pressure. pressure was that what it was Mark and was of all four quarterbacks you mentioned the most yards if i remember was maybe patrick mahomes that's right and then number two yardage wise yardage wise sam, sam darnold sam darnold above golf above Jameis winston above, above Watson, anyone else you can mention above, Watson, Trubinsky, all those above all those guys and that, that, Wentz. that and not for nothing that's a telling stat when it, it comes to when it comes stat. to translating into the NFL, where right. you're going to be under pressure all the time. Why don't you tell us some of the strengths that you're going to do before a Sam Darnold, some of the reasons we were able to get him in the first place. Go ahead, Mike. Guy has NFL size. He trusts pocket and keeps his eyes down the field. That's huge. There's a play last year when he was the first game against UCLA, yep. and he saw a receiver. He looked right, then looked left, and then threw the ball. He got hit. And still made the completion yeah. while keeping his eyes NFL downfield. To what I'm trying to say play. is right. He kept his eyes downfield. He didn't lose himself or get deer in headlight. He has velocity, timing, accuracy. He's tough in and out of the pocket. Feels edge pressure. Completion percentage unaffected by the blitz. Gets through progressions like a pro. Throws with desired anticipation and timing. When he makes a mistake, he doesn't carry it forward. Yeah. He doesn't let it affect the next play. He takes it, internalizes it, and keeps it moving. There's only one main weakness that everybody talks about, and that's turnover. He has a problem yeah. with turnovers. But you know what? Now. Deshaun Watson turned the ball over a lot more than he did. Right. Now, he's been working with Jordan Palmer, and Jordan Palmer said that it's correctable, and the coaches have been working on working with him in OTAs. So I'm pretty confident that he is an accurate passer, which is important, and he does understand how to read defenses, and he does know how to make good decisions. He, he turns the ball over because he holds on with one hand sometimes, freewheeling. You know, he's a gunslinger. But, um, you know, that's something that we have to watch. So, Mike, let's get into Now, we all know a lot about Darno. We've heard a lot about him. One guy that has not had as much hype insofar as pre-draft hype, just because I didn't know who he was either, to a degree. The next pick of the draft, which was Nathan Shepard. Right. Canadian, Canadian football player. Canadian. Totally unique, very, very different story than almost anyone you've ever heard. It's, uh, it's uh, insofar, in, as, insofar as his path to the NFL. Which is very uplifting, and he's somebody that's easy to root for. Um, once I found his story, I, I swear to God, they drafted him, and I did not know who he was. And the, the reason why is because didn't he, was he was he at a junior college or D two? He was at D two. He was at a junior college. Uh, now, when they drafted Snacks Harrison, he was similar, right? He was, he was uh, very similar. Okay, exactly. Very similar. Okay. But the, what the thing that's crazy to me is what McCagnan is doing to shape the locker room. Think about who Nathan Shepard is replacing. Replacing a guy named Muhammad Wilkerson. A guy who took up 10% oh, of the boy. jet cap. 
okay? A guy who had no type of work ethic. What he happened? got paid and just sat. This guy was a cancer in the locker room. And what McCacklin did is he took a guy like that and he replaced him with a guy from Canada who wanted to play football and worked as a lumberjack. <laughs> worked? Oh my God. Worked in the tundras in the middle of Canada just to play football and have a shot. I mean, we're talking about a hardworking blue collar player who is going to bring that type of attitude commitment and love to your jet team that's what mr mccagnon took yeah. in the third round and this guy let me tell you something during the senior bowl week he was up against that guy hernandez who was the guy that the guy that the giants, giants are all yeah, yeah yeah he put him on his butt put him on his ass i saw that now when they drafted him mike and i you know i didn't like i said i didn't know that much about him because i didn't know the school he went to is a d2 school he's from canada so we don't know about him he wasn't didn't have that much hype obviously his his path to even play d2 was very unique yeah so i'm like who's this dude and then that was what I saw, his, his, uh, the senior bowl footage they had. Him going up against the top offensive linemen in um, college football that all were drafted first, second, third round. And holding his own or doing even better than that. So he's somebody that um, you're going to combine him with. I think we still have McClendon, right? Yeah. He's a big monster. Yeah. We still, obviously, we have Leo. So Sorry. He, he, join, he joins a guy. He joins uh, Leo. He joins McClendon. Uh, Fatukasi, who, we, who we'll get to later. Uh, Henry Anderson. And uh, Pinnell, Xavier Cooper, um, and Deion. But he's Sider. gonna have with that bunch, man. I mean, he's him and uh, right. Leonard, McClendon, and him. That'll probably be our four main dudes. So, I would so think. a three-four defense. We're probably looking at uh, Leonard, you know, as the left defensive yep. end. Nose tackle is gonna be McClendon. Right defensive end is gonna either be Hand Anderson or Shepard. Right now, from what we're hearing, he so far we're hearing great things in OTAs. And um, we're excited about this guy. His strengths, he looks the part in pads. He added almost 100 pounds to his frame since high school. Jesus and he still Christ. has ru room for for strength gains. He diagnoses and works on his weaknesses. Also, I've actually seen interviews with him too. And it's one of these things. Mike, have you ever have you ever seen a, have you ever seen the Jets or another team in sports you like? They draft a guy. And say you don't know too much about him. And you hear him get interviewed. And he doesn't sound like the sharpest tool in the shed. You do get worried. A little and bit. I'm not going to disparage anyone. But the first time they put a mic in front of Geno Smith's face, I was immediately worried. What is a BMW? A BMW is a car. Spell BMW. Now, this guy, Nathan Shepard... said Shepherd, we're going to make the playoffs. Well, no, I, I just, drafted him in the second round, and the first thing out of Geno Smith's mouth was, we're making the playoffs. Okay, yeah. That's why you got punched in the face, idiot. True statements. But my point more with Gino, it does seem like just articulation was not amazing for him. And that always lends itself to your cognitive ability. Nathan Shepard was like a sharp dude, had had really had his stuff together. He's like he's 24 years old, I think. He's coming into the league not from a place of uh, where a lot of guys come to, which is so much hype. And you're a first-round pick. And since you've been in high school, Mike, everyone's telling you you're the best. He had a different path. Sometimes guys like that have so much to prove. Because he, him just being, he wants to prove to everyone he should be in the NFL. Right. He wants to prove to everyone that I know I'm from Canada and... Basically, we have no football players ever that have mattered. Um, and he wants to really prove himself. So I think that was, we'll see, but it does seem like just like Snacks. Now, Snacks was undrafted. We picked him up at the undraft, after the draft. But I do think that that was a tremendous pick by the Jets. I think it was tremendous. Maybe a possible steal. In the fourth round, we took a guy named Chris Herndon out of Miami, tight end. Now, I thought this was a bit puzzling at first because I said, well, you know, they took Jordan Leggett last year. 
and we did just get Clive Walford and and uh, a couple other but then after looking at this prospect you know you look at his size now he backed up Ninjuku who got drafted by the Browns yep. last year and so he didn't get really a lot of burn when Ninjuku now what's what's playing. what's he's at he's about 6'4 6'5 yeah he's 6'4 253 pounds okay. now I'll tell you what Mike you know what's interesting about him is that I've not that I know it most people listening to any football podcast also do like fantasy football I've seen projections of him in the future for dynasty leagues for instance guys that you invest in now maybe in two or three years are really good yeah him being one of the better tight ends in this draft or the last two or three years draft really which is interesting for me to see and that's that's not based off that many numbers which is why tight ends are so hit or miss. You, you, I should say tight ends are kind of hard to predict sometimes. You have a guy like maybe O.J. Howard last year. Yeah. Didn't do too much. You thought he would. But but they, what, what are some of the things, for people that don't know that much about him, Mike, what are some of the strengths you got from him coming out of Miami He's dangerous year? after the catch. Yeah. He's dangerous after the catch. That's where he gets most of his yards. A lot, right? yes. His yes. yak is His yak is crazy. And, yeah. here, and another thing about him is that not only can he catch, but he can run block. He's like another offensive he's all, lineman. He's all, overall, he has all the tools. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you look at it, you look at him, and you look at a guy that we have like Eric Tomlinson. Eric Tomlinson's on the team to block. That's it. He can't catch. He can't do it. This yeah. guy could do both, yeah. right? He, um, he works to improve positioning as a blocker. I like this kid. And the only issue with him is that he tore his, his knee. Up. Yeah. Okay, he was out. But... If he hadn't, he would have gone way higher in the draft. We're talking second round. I don't know if first maybe pushing it. Yeah. But he's definitely a talent. I'm very excited about it. Now, him. another pick that was very interesting that uh, I think a lot of people thought was a tremendous pick so far as when they got him in the draft was Perry Nickerson. Mm-hmm. They got him from Tulane. He seems like someone, his closing speed, he's one of the fastest 40 times. He's fast as hell. Everyone knows. Close. He could be... He could be the guy that I, I, I know. We still have Screen on the team, and that's what I was I was about to get <coughs> that. Do you know what this pick is? An indictment on Buster Screen. That's what it is. That's, that's exactly. What it is. What I was this just gonna is. say that to you, Mike. Is that? And we we didn't talk about this before. We talked about this guy, this pick right now. Because mm-hmm. you know what, guys, we don't talk about any of these things before we hit record. I thought the same thing, Mike. His size is yeah. nickel nickel cornerback right, size. Right. And he seems like a dude with his speed. Mm-hmm. That's the type of guy you have in the nickel. The guy that can cover that inside route. Yep. That can cover those, you know, former guys like Wes Welker, fast guys. Almost slot dudes in the NFL you see right now. It's, it's a smaller amount of space a slot guy covers. So, and it's quick. You know, it's two, three steps and you're out. You know, so a guy like him with his speed seems like it's a great pick, especially where they got him in the draft. So, he usually plays on an island where we heard that before, yeah. right? Despite lack of size, can slow receivers with his press. That's impressive. Yeah, strong. That's impressive. So he's not relying on safety. He's not relying on his other cornerbacks. He's relying just on himself yeah. on an island. That's that is value. That's what cornerbacks. Yeah, and he are- seems like, and especially from what some of the footage you've seen of him playing, and what what some of the you know draft experts said about him is that he he does because of his press. He's stronger than he looks. I know yes. he's five ten, one eighty five. You know, you can't judge a book, especially say you say you like boxing, say you like UFC. Don't judge someone by the size you see, because they can be much stronger than you think. You know, and he seems like that type of player. Too. Let me get, let me give you a stat that Go really got me excited about him. Number one, everyone considers him a ball hog, but get this: he made plays on twenty eight percent of his targets over the last two years. You mean over a quarter of his targets he made a play? He made a play. Either batted it down, batted made a down, pick, interception, something, something yeah, yeah. on twenty eight. That is that. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to throw this at you guys. That. I don't even know. I don't know the. I don't know how to even quantify that. But I just know that that sounds like that sounds like it's effective as hell to <laughs> yes, me. You know yes. what I'm saying? All right, we have a couple of top ten lists to hit, Mike. Some of the worst picks, some of the best picks ever. Me and you want to debate, talk about real quick before we wrap the show up. But before we do that, we had two more picks in the draft last year. One of them 
Hailstrom, Long Island, New York. Far walk away. Right up in our home. Right up in our home area, guys. Foley Fatukas, one of the greatest names of anyone ever drafted of all time. I love this kid. Um, I love he, this kid. He seems kid. like he could be a possible monster. I don't know. He's dense. Fires out of his stance with good pad level and initial quickness when working in the gaps. This guy is raw, but he's talented. And he's going to fit the bowl system. We have Shepard. What we've done is we've gotten talent and we're molding it into value. And we don't need Foley. Oh, to I love start. the way. I love the way. We don't need him. I love the but, way. But look that, Mike. the size of this man. He's six four, three hundred and eighteen pounds. This man is a savage really? beast. So he another does. monster like Shepard, basically. They're basically they got similar it. size, two out huge out of Yukon. And then well, the last pick, the last pick they had was Trent. 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 And, well, well, Mike, tell. A lot of Jet fans don't know anything about him. I think, was it seventh round? Sixth round. Last sixth round. Sixth round. So what position does he play? What's he about? What's his speed level? What, what's going on with him? He's a running back. And the reason why we took him is because we're trying to get him on punt returns. Look, the best special team player we ever had was Leon Washington. Do you guys remember that? I know you do. I do. We loved him. This is our Leon Washington. I mean, there's no way around it. And speed is not something you can teach, as they Can't always say in all sports. And that was this year's draft. Now... Which you've all been waiting for patiently as we go through this year's draft. As we go through people that could potentially end up on this list one day, Mike. But now let's get into some of the worst and some of the best picks in the history of the Jets. The situation uh, got heavy on me. The best draft picks. In Jets history. Let's start off with best picks in Jets history. Mike, what we'll do is, we've been around for three decades. I've been really watching since mid-80s. But there is some picks before our time we know were great. Yeah. And we might miss some of them. If any of our older listeners, if you if we do miss them. Just calm down. Don't hate us. We, we know we might miss a few here. But I want Mike to get into some of his favorite picks. Start at number 10, Mike. Let's build to number one. Favorite picks are the picks you think were the most effective for where they got drafted in the history of the Jets. Mike, go. Ah. Uh. I could start off, you know, like I said, there's not a lot of uh, draft picks that I really loved, but uh, I did love this guy. At number 10, I got linebacker Marvin Jones, fourth in 1993 in the first round. He spent his entire career with the Jets from 1993 to 2003. He wasn't a star player, but he did start 129 games for the Jets. Kind of like a David Harris before a David Harris. You see, he was a Jet, a blue-collar a blue player. Number nine, I got the brick. The brickish off Ferguson. This guy played all the way from 2000. He was the fourth pick in the 2006 NFL Draft. Um, he played 10 years with the Jets. He played every game, I believe. Yeah, he never missed a snap due to injury in his entire career. I mean, how can you beat that? And he is a major part of why we were able to get to two AFC championships. Yeah, he, his durability for Brick, unreal. It was unreal. Unreal. You know, and in that same draft, Nick Mangle who we took with the 30th pick in the first round in that 2006 draft. And he was an absolute legend at center. Loved him. Number seven, Freeman McNeil, running back, third pick in the 1981 draft. He had another career-long jet. He was a three-time Pro Bowler, one-time first-team All-Pro selection. He was a great player. Running back, Matt Snell. I didn't see him, but I put him as a one. He's the third pick in the 1964 draft. He Both our dads. Right. Know him, yeah. love him, yeah, and they'd say if you didn't put him on the list, he'd smack you right. In the right, face. exactly. I, know, I understand right. that. You know, you know, so I had to put him there. You know, Super Bowl, all that. Chad P at five, 
Oh, our favorite, Chadwick? our favorite, our favorite. The it's only, like we said, the Chad, first. Right? Yeah, yeah. He was uh, picked in the 2000 NFL draft. I believe was it 18 or 18th, I think NFL draft. Yeah, 18th overall. It was selection. 18. Yeah, just in stuck the 2000 sure, sure. draft. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, like Chad's I said, the boy. only only quarterback with a winning record besides uh, Joe Namath. Number four, <laughs> right tackle Marvin Powell, fourth in 1977. That's a deep cut right there. I mean, I think a was, lot of people be like, oh Marvin, and then you look. He actually, I think, did he make a few he Pro Bowls? Pro Bowl yeah, he every season a... from 1979 to 1983. And during yeah. that span, he was named the first team All-Pro three times. Really impressive. Sure. Number three, everyone knows about this guy, John, running back John Riggins. Riggins is a Hall of Famer, largely because what he did with Washington. But he was no slash with the Jets. And uh, 75, he ran for 1,000 yards. And he was before Jets, his time. If becoming John... the Jets' first 1,000-yard rusher in the history of the franchise. Amazing. And I'll tell you what, Mike. John Riggins, a guy like him, his personality before his time. If he existed now, he'd be the biggest star in the NFL. If anyone knows anything about him, if you go look at his football life, you know anything about his, his quirks and the way he was, he's very, very interesting guy. His story is amazing. Yep. Um, anyone that wants to take a time, look up John Riggins and where he came from, and everything about him, man, do that, man. He's, a, he's an amazing football player. The second pick, uh, I think, from value was wide receiver Al Toon. Oh, he's number two in, in 1985. You got, yo, Mike. I'm gonna, you have some glaring misses here. All we're right. gonna get to those. All right. in we're, a gonna, we're gonna get big that. time misses. All right, on this I'm list. saying, I mean, Toon. Nobody would make an argument, but this list is weighted towards what players did while they were with the Jets. His career was cut short by concussions, but Toon did a lot in eight NFL seasons, all with the Jets. He caught 517 passes for 6,605 yards and 31 touchdowns. Yeah, he he made the Pro Bowl each season from 1986 to 88. He was a first-team All-Pro selection in 86. And if you're a Jeff fan, you remember when Al Tuma catch a pass, all you'd hear in Giant Stadium, when it was Giant Stadium, because where they played most mm -hmm. of the time when Al was tuned. Everyone, it sounded like a booze. No, it wasn't booze. It was Al Toon. I think his career was cut short because of concussions, Mike. Yeah. And that's why he had a red number yeah. tie, kind of like Wayne Corbett. Obviously, number one of all of your picks, of all the picks in the history of the Jets, it's pretty obvious who number one would be. And he was uh, apparently picked in the first round in two different drafts back in the olden times. Mike, <laughs> let him know what's up. Of course, it's going to be Joe Namath. Of course, Joe, Joe Willie Namath. 1965, round one, pick 12 in the NFL draft, and 1965, round one, pick one in the AFL draft. And why is he the number one, number one most valuable in the history of the franchise? Because he won Super Bowl three. He merged the leagues, the NFL and the AFL. By the way, the AFL was so whack, so beneath the NFL people thought the great Johnny Unitas the great Colts teams and Joe Damon said I got news for you buddy we're gonna win the game I guarantee it nah I bet we're gonna win. He's kind of the, I don't know, he's a ghost that hovers over our franchise, Joe Namath. You know, we haven't won a Super Bowl since then. We haven't been to the Super Bowl since then. So, obviously, Joe Namath's number one. But, Mike, if you could humor me, and I'll go through my top ten real quick. All right. My number ten of all time in the Jets draft picks, Chad Pennington, as you okay. mentioned, many attributes that are tremendous. Same number nine as you have, uh, DeBrickashaw Ferguson. Okay. My number eight all-time Jet draft pick, my favorite receiver when I was growing up my entire life, up until I was like 11 years old, I think was when he retired, Al Toon. Now, yeah. number boy. seven all-time in Jet history, I already had one of the interns key me off is on your worst draft pick list. And we're going to have to get into this right now because number seven for me is Keyshawn Johnson. When they drafted him, Mike, and so far as a draft pick you take, you, know, you try to base your list off how they did on the Jets. That's not how I base my list. My 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 list is based off guys they drafted that were good picks. Right. How good they did. So right. you can't say that Keyshawn Johnson, comparatively speaking, to some of the garbage the Jets have drafted, should be one of the worst because 
when he was on the Jets, he was really good. Okay. Uh, and like, no other, no Jet fan can say when he was on the Jets, he wasn't good. He was great. He was one of the best in the league. And then when he left the Jets, won a Super Bowl. He made the Pro Bowl three times. He's, he's one of the better receivers in the league the whole time he was in the league. Okay. And so that's a good pick. Oh, you disagree? We'll talk about We'll get back to it. We'll get back to it. We're not getting back to any pause button. Your body language and all this grabbing your face. Go ahead. You have a microphone. What do you got to say about it? How, how could you say he's not one of the better draft picks when... He's one of the best receivers we've ever had on our team. Please break it down for the break it down for the audience. In 1996, Mike. the New York Jets went one in 15. Rich Kotite was the coach for the New York Jets. I remember this. I was what 15, 14. You know, going to school, getting laughed at, wearing my jet, have my jet lunch bag and everything. I mean, it was just ter- it was a terrible time to be a Jet fan. We dark all times. know the dark ages, right? Dark, time. dark times. And the first pick in the NFL draft was Keyshawn Johnson. The value of number one overall pick being a wide receiver to me is ridiculous, number one. Number two, we didn't know how good Jonathan Ogden was. We didn't know how good Marvin Harrison was. And we didn't know that Ray Lewis was going to be the greatest linebacker in the history of the sport. But all those guys went after Keyshawn Johnson. Now you want to know why I think that he wasn't a good pick and he's actually in my Mike's top 10 worst draft picks. Now I'm sure a lot of people are going to be like, Are you high or just incredibly stupid? What is he smoking? Do you guys remember, throw me the damn ball. Do you guys remember the distractions and the beef that he had with Wayne Krebet and Neil O'Donnell and Glenn Foley? I don't know. A lot of you guys are young, wet behind the ears. You know, I don't know if you guys have heard or knew about this, but this guy was a tornado. This guy brought, he was what we talk about right now, what Mike McCagney is trying to do and get the locker room to be a good locker room. He brought devastation to the locker room. The only value that he ever brought to the New York Jets was in 1998 when we went to the AFC Championship game against the Denver Broncos and we lost with Vinny Testaverde as our quarterback. And to be honest with you, to be honest with you, Krabet was, I don't want to say more instrumental, but he was very instrumental as a receiver, just like Keyshawn Johnson, okay? Now, what did he actually do for us besides distractions and one good year with Vinny Testaverde? Nothing. And we could have had the GOAT at linebacker. Can I pause this for a second? When you say that out of your mouth, you're acting like Ray Lewis was drafted right behind him. No, he Ray, was. No, Ray Lewis was drafted. Ray Lewis was 26 in the first round. 25 other teams did the same thing the Jets did. And not, not for nothing, let's run through real quick. The 1996 NFL draft. All these great players you're saying the, the Jets didn't take. Um, let's see. Kevin Hardy, Cedric Jones, Lawrence Phillips, Terry Glenn, Tim Bianca Batuka. This is the first round. Ricky Dudley, Alex Molden, Regan Upshaw, Walt Harris. Guess what? Every single name I just said, no one has ever heard of in their entire life. I got that, it. That's well, the first. I, oh, Tim Bianca Batuka. Oh, oh, he's a garbage player. Son, <laughs> I could go on. Every name I would name in this whole entire draft, this first round. I know, it's trash. Besides the two guys the you guy, mentioned. Ogden and garbage. Yeah, so, the only three guys that mattered was Keyshawn. Obviously, Ray Lewis ended up being great. But for me, it's what he did in the locker room. The distractions. Get Throw me the damn ball. Throw me the damn ball. Throw me the damn ball. In New York, we are the capital of the media. And this guy writes a book. Throw me the damn ball. What kind of... Uh, see, 
I, I, it gets my blood pressure. Obviously, we you already nerve. know what he did. We touched a nerve. We right. touched a nerve with right. Mike. Let me get to number six, guys. My number six all-time pick with the Jets was number second round pick number forty-seven overall. Wasn't on Mike's list somehow. David Harris, gigantic uh, miss yeah, huge, on the Mike's list. Yeah, amazing pick by the Jets. Played right, ten year, ten plus years of the Jets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number five, also on Mike's. Number five, John Riggins, another great, another great pick on your list. Yeah. Number four. Besides another one that you missed, which is mind-boggling, the next three weren't even on your list. How are these guys not on your list? It's like as if you just didn't even do any research, Mike. Number four, Joe Klecko. Yeah. Sixth round pick. Yeah. 144. Four Pro Bowls. Three different positions. Yeah. Anthony Munoz, other receiver, other uh, offensive linemen that are in the Hall of Fame said, I've never gone up against a better defensive lineman than Joe Klecko. How he's not in the Hall of Fame, it's a travesty. Mm. One of the best players we've ever had. Number three, he wasn't on your list, Mike. Um, a little a little further down was Nick Mangold. He should be much higher than you have him because he's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame, he Nick is. Mangold. He is. And he was drafted the same year as Brick, a great pick. Brick. Number two, who was drafted number 14 overall. Right. And when they drafted him, there was cricket that everyone thought was not a good pick. Terrell Revis. Right. Another player. Who will be in the Hall of Fame? Who Jet fans got mad at because he played two years on the Patriots and one year on uh, Tampa Bay, but he played most of his year with the Jets. I don't know how that's a giant whiff by you, Darrell Revis. It, besides Joe Namath and Curtis Martin, who was not drafted by us, so he could be on those list. Those are our best players we've ever had. It isn't a whiff. I just, it's it's emotional, and I just left them off my list. All right, fair. Number one, of course, is Joseph Willie Namath. Absolutely. I mean, there's really I no mean, way around that one. Mike went through the reasons why. Yeah. And Mike, before we go to your list of the worst ones, I'll go through mine first. All right. Just because I'm on a roll right now. Let's do it. The absolute worst draft picks. That's disgusting. In Jets history. Um, number ten all time to me of the Jets' worst picks. Now, as we all know, there's many of these. Many, many to choose from. For me, number 10 is Quentin Copels. He was drafted 16th overall. Ugh, don't remind me. He, he materialized. He was a big, gigantic nothing burger. Number 9 for me, the 4th overall draft pick, Dwayne Robertson. I mean, that was dumpster fire times a million. Dumpster fire. All time. Number 8 all time, a mile is of our worst draft picks, Kyle Wilson. <laughs> a first round draft pick, number 29 overall. I think, and I might be wrong, that he manages an Arby's right now. It could be a Denny's. One or the other. The absolute garbage central. Um, Number seven overall for me, Mike, Stephen Hill. Remember all the hype we heard about him? Georgia Tech. Um, picked gonna, over Alshon. Picked over all, a lot of different yeah. guys. And on um, the speed, his size, this, that. First game, he had two touchdowns. We all loved oh, him so much. Yeah, yeah. Kind of went south quick. Number six for me, and this might be controversial to some people, but... A derailing of the franchise for five years was Mark Sanchez. And how he's not on your list, if he's not on there, I don't get it. Because in spite of his garbage, horrible play his first two years, if you go and you look, he was not that good of a player. And we made the AFC Championship twice in spite of him. Now, the Patriot game, he played tremendous. And in the playoffs... It's kind of misleading because people think his playoff stats are great, but you look at the Bengals game, he threw the ball like 12 times. He didn't really throw the ball a lot. We just ran. We had the number one rushing attack in the NFL. We had the best defense in the NFL. That was two years in a row around those same type of stats. And then after that, complete nosedive. We drafted him very high. We were about to get him. He destroyed the franchise, I think, for many years that pick. He did. Um, number yeah. five, Christian Hackenberg. <laughs> you have not thrown a pass in the NFL 
in your entire career. 51st pick overall. I don't know how to excuse this one. I, That's just, uh, I just... Number four overall I have, guys, D. Milner. Yeah. I mean, that was a lot of hype. Came from Alabama. He was the ninth pick overall in the draft. He was drafted higher than Darrell Revis, D. Milner. Unreal. All he did was get injured, be bad, garbage player. Um, he's currently he, he currently works at a car wash down there in Alabama, I think. The number three, number th- the third worst pick, I think, of all time in Jet history. The next three are really bad. You can interchange these yeah, ones. Yeah. Is Vernon Golston. Yeah. He was the sixth pick overall in the draft. Rex Ryan said I could do something with him. I don't even know if Rex is the one that drafted. It might have been Mangini because it was 2008. 2009, I think, was Rex's first year. Golston was just... Yeah, no, he what, wasn't picked. What, what do you say, Mike? Mangini. What do you say about him? There's really nothing to say. He was one of the worst picks in the history of our yeah. ever. And these number one and two guys, my number, my second worst pick of all time. These are both from my childhood, and these came these came in back to back years. For me, number two is Brownie Nagel, mm-hmm. just because of the hype that was attached. I know he didn't um, necessarily. I mean, it's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling his stats as we have a 53, 53.5 passer rating. Eight career NFL touchdowns, 20 interceptions, finished his career off with the Orlando Predators and the Buffalo Destroyers. He, he was I'm pretty one sure. Of the worst quarterbacks I have ever seen. Mind boggling. And that was, I remember the lot of hype behind him. But the Louisville just came, was complete dumpster fire. And right, I think it was the year before him or the year after him. I don't remember what year. The worst pick I can possibly remember in my life. Number one overall on my list is Blair Thomas. He was the second pick in the draft. He had an absolutely non-impactful career, meaningless, and he's one of the worst players Jets have ever drafted in the history of mankind. Ever, ever. And Blair Thomas actually is my number two worst pick in the history of the Jets. So I definitely agree with you. I have Vernon Golston on my list as well. I'll go through my top 10. I had Keyshawn Johnson for the reasons that I spoke about earlier. At number nine, I had Kyle Brady uh, drafted Kyle ninth Brady, oh my in God. 1995. And a lot of Jeff fans Another are going to remember that. Pick, yes. Dumpster fire. But the worst part is we picked him before we Warren Sapp. We could have had Warren Sapp, but yeah. we took Kyle Brady. Uh, number eight was uh, defensive tackle Carl Zilowowskis. Uh, he played six seasons in the NFL, including four with the Jets. He didn't have any sacks, is which is why I put him on my list. Wait, he was taking sixth overall? He was sixth overall in the 74 oh, draft. I'm, I don't even know who he is. That's he wound much... up starting 48 games with the Jets, but wasn't a high-impact player and obviously wasn't per- worth the sixth overall pick. Number seven on my list was offensive guard Dave Cagnon, another unremarkable mid-length career. He played six seasons with the Jets and one with the Bengals. He started 51 games for the Jets, so he was able to get on the field. He was picked eighth in the 1988 draft, but he never really made a significant impact. 11 picks after the Jets took Cagnon, um, the Vikings got a future Hall of Fame guard, Randall McDaniel. Number six, Dwayne Robert- Robertson, for all the reasons that uh, Keith said. Dwayne Robertson, that was... He was taking fourth was, overall. Yeah, 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 he was fourth overall. And who did... Oh, that was um, Herm Edwards drafted him, Yeah, right? good job. Right? I don't know if it, I mean, whoever it was, it was just dumpster fire. D. Miller was number five. Number four was wide receiver Lamb Jones, second overall in 1980. He spent five seasons in the NFL, all with the Jets. He didn't have terrible stats, 2,322 yards, 13 touchdowns, but this is why Jones is, is as high as he is. The Jets traded up to get him. They gave up the 13th and the 20th overall picks to the 49ers in order to move up to number two. That year, Anthony Munoz 
and Art Monk all were also drafted. Yeah, that's bad news. It's terrible. Number three, Vernon Golston. Talked about garbage. him, trash. Exactly. The number, next two are bad Number two well. was Blair Thomas. Obviously, he had only 2,009 2, rushing yards and five touchdowns. He spent six total seasons in the NFL and awful for the second pick in the 1990 draft. I mean, really, you can't get worse, but you can. My worst pick, and I don't think Keith, Keith really touched on this the way he should have. Because he's not the worst pick. He is, without question, the worst pick in our franchise history. And that is Christian Hackenberg. And let me t give you the reasons why. When I talk about the worst, I talk about value of where you draft a player and the value that that player brings on the field, okay? So he was picked 51st overall in the second round. This guy did not even... So he was talking about Bronny Nagel and how bad Bronny Nagels were. You heard those stats, which is terrible. Hackenberg didn't even make it on the field. He didn't even make it on the field. They were so embarrassed that they kept him off the field for two years, right? What gets me about Hackenberg, he never, ever complete had a higher than a 60% uh, completion percentage in all the years and in college. And his stats got worse in college. And they got worse! Yeah. If I, if I remember correctly, Mike, and you probably have his stats, you're the stat master, I think his stats every year got worse as he went on. They blamed it on other things. At Penn State, I mean. It's beyond, it's, it's ridiculous. In 2014, he had 12 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. How do you draft a guy who's not only has a career 56.1% completion percentage in college, but had a negative TD to interception ratio? The percentage of passes that he was completing within 10 yards was below 50% on screen passes. He is the worst pick in the history, I, I even want to say, yeah, in the history of our franchise. And because we took him with the 51st overall, he did not even make it on the field. We traded him away for a conditional seventh, which we all know is garbage. He's going to get cut from the Raiders in seconds. Well, why that? Why that's just completely ridiculous is that there was 50 different guys taken before Christian Hackenberg. There's only, there's only, you can only have 64 picks in two rounds. So he was drafted towards the end of the second round never played like a lot of second rounders don't ever play and there's guys that have been drafted second sixth ninth fourth that were complete garbage on the jets if you draft somebody second or you draft somebody sixth or you draft somebody ninth you have to play them you have to play them there's no way around it like they get a chance when you draft someone in the second round for instance geno smith might have never played there just either but mark sanchez got hurt in the fourth game of the season remember preseason game so, Geno Smith was drafted right around the same time as Christian Hackenberg. Okay. He only played because Mark Sanchez got hurt. And you're acting like Geno Smith just because he played. He just because just Geno Smith actually played and was complete garbage. <laughs> he trash. Garbage. Trash. 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 That means that. He should have been on our list. Right. That means. He, he missed both lists. He did. Right? He missed both I know. But just because he actually snapped. Just because Browning Nagel went onto an NFL field. Yeah. Played. And was the worst player of all time. Somebody that they shouldn't have drafted, and they shouldn't, he was not a second round draft pick. He was on most, when they drafted him, he was a fourth or fifth round projection, yeah, I yeah, thought, right? Yeah. So it kind of surprised, if you remember the day of the draft, you called me and said, this is the worst pick ever. Yeah. And so I'm not disagreeing with it. Now, retrospectively, I'm not necessarily saying it's, I had a number five. I just don't think it's our worst pick ever. Can I just say, what I gotta say is one thing. He actually made history. According to Chase Stewart of FootballPerspective.com, Hackenberg is the first quarterback in more than 35 years to get drafted in the first two rounds 
and then not to throw a pass in the NFL in his first two seasons. But it probably means more of the second round, because most first rounders will throw a pass. It's more of a second round stat you just throw out, but that makes sense. And it's very interesting. In the last 35 years, in the first two seasons, that doesn't make any first sense. First two seasons. And so they're saying in his first two seasons, right, any he in Hackenberg is the first quarterback in 35 years to get drafted in the first two rounds, one and two, and then not throw a pass in his first two NFL In season. the regular season. So they let, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He didn't even get like one not, pass. Not even as, like, the games. It's, right. The, the, right. And what, what you mean by that stat is that there's guys that are also scrubs, but they came in game 16 and had a drive. Like, a Bryce Petty. Right. Guys like Bryce Petty. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He didn't, they didn't even put him on the field. Do you uh, remember that preseason game against sure. the Philadelphia Eagles? Because you think, think, think last year, especially last year when uh, McCown went down. Yeah. It was kind of like, all right, well, you know, it's, it's, it's not, that wasn't that good in the preseason either. And you heard a lot of bad things. But if he was going to get a shot, that would have been that the That was time. it. Perfect. We yeah. weren't going to go anywhere. He yeah. was down, right? They didn't even look his way. Do you remember that preseason game against the Philadelphia Eagles with Hackenberg? Oh, I remember. Was that 11 for 30? I still remember it. 11 yeah. for 35. Yeah, that was 11 madness. for 35. Yeah. Two ints or three ints. It was the worst thing I ever saw That was life, like ever. when I used to watch uh, our local high school. My was, lake, my high school, Lakeland, play football. I'm madness. serious. If I put a helmet on you, you'd probably do better. Yeah, well, I'm serious. So, in my opinion... He's the worst pick in in our franchise history. I understand what, what Keith is saying, but I there's get people. It. There's people. It. Me and Mike didn't even have those like Geno Smith, Devin Smith. Oh my, Devin. There, there's a lot of picks that like. There's a lot of. Yeah. There's uh, picks that people right now Who's are listening. Who was the tight end that we took? Who's trash? Oh, Jason Morrow. <laughs> I already. I, you you didn't. I already know what you mean. Just by saying what you just said. That's a garbage he was. Oh my god! So we oh can just god. go through second round picks. That's all we need to do. Yeah. Stephen Hill. You know the whole, the last one that was good was Dustin Keller. That's the last one. Yeah. Dustin Keller and then Marcus May. Yeah, Everything true. else. In the, so you want me to you want to give up two second round picks in the second round next year to get Sam Darnold? For, for, for maybe our the best pick we picked in the history of our franchise. I'm all in because we haven't yeah. had it the last decade. No, shoot. I feel you. And guys. I'm sorry we had to take you down that dark road, but as you know, it is not easy being green. It's a tough life that we live, and our drafts have not been amazing. And you know what? The percentage of teams, you get a lot of draft picks. Most teams end of the draft draft picks aren't great. It's not just us. Our front of the draft draft picks haven't been great. That's why it stands out to Jet fans especially. And we hope this year, Mike, with some of these picks and this quarterback we took. Forget the other jabronis for a second. The quarterback, if we just finally have this little crown jewel in our hands... We have something to build our team around. We have a foundation, et cetera, et cetera. Because once you have that guy in place, everything else falls into place right. when it comes to the NFL. Like I said, guys, we're sorry we took you down that road. It was a jet draft history. It was. Happiness, darkness, this year's draft. Still coin flip. We don't know what's going to happen yet. But that was episode number two, Andy's Being Green, guys. We're going to sign off for this week on behalf of my co-host, Mike Lagaris. My name is Keith Farrell. We'll get at you next week. All right. Are you ready? Can't wait. The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans Jet are Jet fans. Jet fans. Are very passionate. Ready, Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans are very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be the sucks. Don't believe it.